Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing well. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from sunny Southern California, and today is no different. It is sunny. It is windy. March is here. <laughs> that means you you no longer need to call your guy. You just call Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. It's the trusted name in online sports betting. Bet Rivers Sportsbook. You must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Uh, Jeremy Fowler reports that the Green Bay Packers have made a significant long term contract offer to. Aaron Rodgers, that would alter the quarterback market, a source told ESPN. So Aaron Rodgers, by some reports, is torn as to what he wants to do. Right? Torn. And it's, we all try and read the tea leaves. We all try and follow the breadcrumbs. Right? What we just do. I'd never forget, I tell this story all the time to my friends, Uh, When LeBron was first leaving Cleveland for Miami, in the days leading up to it, no one seemed to know what he was going to do. And at the time, I was on ESPN's campus, and I was walking with Scott Van Pelt, and we were talking about LeBron, but also about other things, just kind of life things or whatever. It was a beautiful, sunny afternoon. I'll I'll never forget it. And this was like a week before the decision. And... Uh, we came upon Chris Carter, right? Like it was almost like an ESPN commercial where we came upon Chris Carter, Chris Carter. We, he's, you know, we dapped him up, whatever we're talking. And he's like, you know, where Braun's going. And I was like, we were just talking about that. And, you know, I mean, look, the, the info that at that time we had was through our friends and other agents and just guessing and reading the internet. And Chris Carter said like, I talked to World Wide West. Now, World Wide West is a huge player, and he has, a, has some sort of role with the New York Knicks. I talked to World Wide West. West said he's going, to, he's going to Miami. And Miami, at the time, was not considered a likely destination by some, some forecasters. And he kind of went into the reasons why he was told. And he's like, I'm telling you, he's going to Miami. This is like a week before. Now, that's not like a sourcing through a source, through a source. You, know, you can't just like go on, but it was. And then all of a sudden, I remember a week later, he says, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And you're like, wow, he already knew. Th- there weren't many breadcrumbs there. The friendship with uh, Dwayne Wade, obviously. And I think the leadership of, of Pat Riley was something that I'm sure he thought brought stability to the organization. Plus, it's Miami. It, it's a nice place to, to be in the winter. I, it, it, it did make sense. Um, this Aaron Rodgers thing is hard. I mean, look, you go back two years ago with Tom Brady, and I can tell you that he, the, uh, several teams, Niners, Chargers, Dolphins, thought they were getting him. 
Thought they were getting him. No one thought he was staying. No one. Everyone I talked to said he is gone. TJ Hushmanzada came on and said he is gone. And he was, but he chose Tampa. That was very surprising. Aaron Rodgers is always kind of curious. Like, if you want to say that this is all for show and that he really wants to leave, you know, and Green Bay is just trying to show we'll do anything it takes. And this is all on Aaron. This is blaming Aaron. Aaron wants to leave. We offered him more money. We, you know, we restructured contracts. We brought back his guys. We improved our relationship. This is all on Aaron. If that were the case, why did he officiate David Bakhtiari's wedding over the weekend? You can say what you want about doing nice things for your friends and being involved in their wedding, but when he's your starting tackle, he's missed all of this this season with injury, and he's going to have to restructure his contract to get you a new contract, to get Devontae Adams a new contract. Like, all of that stuff says, well, he's got to be staying, right? On the other hand, if you're torn, I mean, the, the old, I think the old adage is like, how do you feel about getting married to her? I don't know. I don't know means you don't want to marry her, but you don't want to dump her, and you don't want to go through the process of trying to meet somebody else. So the torn thing is really, really interesting. Because if he's really torn, well, then he's, he's gone, right? But this one is hard to read the teeth. We're supposed to find out this week. It does dramatically change the quarterback landscape. Right? It really does. Because if he leaves, now all of a sudden, you know, Russell Wilson can say, like, well, he's leaving. I want to leave. I want to go to Washington. I want to go to New York. And I, I, I want to force my way there. Do I think Seattle then trades him? I don't know. I, I think probably not. But I don't think it's crazy looking at Seattle having to rebuild some stuff. And maybe his value becomes at an all-time high. And Aaron Rodgers changing places only energizes Russell Wilson to change places as well. Also possible. If he stays, does everybody stay? If he stays and takes this gargantuan deal, which is making somewhere in the $50 million per year range, now that changes the quarterback market and what guys like Lamar want, guys like, like a, on a secondary level, a baker would want. So I, I think this is is interesting. I just do. But here's the real life part to being torn, right? Um, I've been torn on really one decision professionally in my life where I was very happy where I was and I had a great opportunity. And I vacillated and I did the, and you guys ever done this for the big life decision, the pros and the cons? And you write two different lists and they all have pros and cons. Honestly, that doesn't really help. (laughs) Because... The, the the pro like the pros are are different for each spot and the cons are different and there's just about equal numbers and there's a lot of unknown what happens if you stay what happens if you leave if you don't leave now do you forever stay like there's a lot to it so part of me says if you're really torn it's you want to leave part of me says if you're really torn well that's because you're doing that let's write a list Let's, you know, go through a cleanse. Let's meditate on it. And you vacillate in your head. 
I actually think that's kind of normal for smart people. And Aaron Rodgers, a lot of things, intelligence is one of them. You might be listening to the show and be like, Gottlieb, you're not really giving me anything. You're right. I'm just presenting all the facts, which paints a very murky picture as to what it really, really looks like. Who's really, really going to know something? But it's a real thing when you're, when you're telling your coach how much you appreciate your relationship with him, when you're talking about the front office in fairly glowing terms, when you're officiating one of your best friend's weddings over the weekend, boy, that sends a signal to a lot of people that you really want to stay. On the other hand, if all of those things are true, why are you torn? And, and that one I don't have an answer for. Buyer, I know, like Byers sitting there rolling his eyes. He's so tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't like the Packers. He doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. He's from Wisconsin. Everybody assumes he's got to like and, and have the inside track on Aaron Rodgers. Everybody assumes that, that he wears uh, a Green Bay Packers uh, jammies when he goes to bed. He doesn't. He wears Seahawks jammies. <laughs> when, when you hear he's torn, what do you think? I think that he's torn between... Uh, the decision to not play or play. Because I think that the only decision to play and the only choice is really Green Bay. Really? Yes. Why do you think that? Well, because, number one, I think with of, of just the change, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. I think that strides have also been made between the two sides, despite Andrew Brandt's tweet, uh, maybe saying otherwise. But I do think that the uh, the sides have uh, mended some fences. I think it's a lot of work to go somewhere else. Really, I really do, and I don't know how much work Aaron Rodgers wants to do. And it's not meant to be a a knock on him, but I don't know if he wants to go somewhere and learn everything new i don't know maybe that will reinvigorate him but i just don't think that's part of his decision making process i think he's just trying to decide do i want to play again or not and if he does choose to play i think it's in green bay Hmm. i hadn't thought of retirement as a real option nobody does and i don't know why i'm not i'm I'm, because because he's really good at it he's still really good at it and he wants to win another Super Bowl. And, and you know what? Here's why your point might be the best point made. Okay? Because the idea of chasing a second Super Bowl for legacy is something that most any person, and especially an alpha male, can wrap their heads around. That makes sense. Do you know what the problem with that argument is? This is not your typical alpha male. Right? Everything about Aaron Rodgers is... Um, is counter to what you would normally assume, right? Like he he zigs when he should zag, or he zags when he should zig, whichever way the expression sure. you want you want you want to make it work, right? So so you're saying like, look, it it shouldn't. Most guys should want to go and get that second Super Bowl and should want to compete. And whether it's a ready-made team like the Denver Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett coaching, or it's staying in Green Bay, it's whatever gives them the best chance to win, and he'll still make a ton of money. That that makes all the sense in the world. And retirement makes none of the sense. 
But again, it's Aaron Rodgers. Lots of things that we think make sense. He just views the world very differently. Yes, and and that's actually why I thought he was going to retire last year because of that thinking. And I would also say the other thing about another thing about going to another team, even if it is Nathaniel Hackett and you go to Denver and you have the same system or you go somewhere where there's some familiarity. Remember Aaron Rodgers, when he did return to the Packers last year, didn't take one snap in the preseason. Uh, the workload that you would have in a training camp, probably not as much um, if you stay in Green Bay as somewhere else. If you went somewhere else, you're likely playing in preseason games. I know it may be only a quarter, but you do need to get reps in if you uh, you know, it's, it's it's all of that sort of stuff. And it's not meant to say that he's not a hard worker because that's not what I'm trying to say. I just think there becomes a lot of extra work right. to go somewhere and uh, make a change. Can I give you the counter to that one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The year before Tom Brady left New England, he was he showed up late, remember, to training camp as well. He didn't do OTAs for the first time ever. And, and then he went to Tampa and... And they tried to get a bunch of work in, right? But everything was shut down. And uh, But, I mean, you could say the same thing about Brady. Does he really want to do, you know, teach Byron Leftwich what he wants on offense? And the answer is yes, because the one thing that you, I think we would all agree, if you switch jobs, is true, is there is a new energy with it. And, sure. and like, look, Denver in the summer is beautiful. Um, and the guy likes to hike, right? So that... Yeah. That feels like that feels like <laughs> like the whole look and feel does kind of feel like Denver a little bit, um, but but and, the, the the big thing to me is like I I get it. You're 37 years old, 38 years old. Do you really want to go and teach somebody your system or or learn you know the intricacies of the new personnel when all you got to do is show up and everybody you know everything and everybody else knows you and you can do your own deal. Of course, it makes sense. But when you take a new job, there's a lot of times new energy and the energy to prove people wrong, right? And and even if even if Green Bay, of course Green Bay wants him, right? They're going to offer him huge money. They want him to stay. But in Aaron Rodgers' mind, you know, drafting Jordan Love was uh, was an evil act. Was a was an act that said he was finished. He was washed up. E- even if it it was smart considering the context of the time. Um, uh, the energy of trying to prove everybody wrong is something that can drive you to want to work with new wide receivers. Abs- absolutely. That that could be the other side of the coin. Matthew Stafford didn't need preseason games, and look at how it ended for the Rams. You could point that out as well. I just think it's a lot – I just think that you're investing a lot more into the overall uh, if you go somewhere else as opposed to where things are already laid out and you can continue to do what you'd like to do at Green Bay. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Here's the obligatory uh, Gottlieb tweet. You ready for it? You guys ready for it? This is a good one. Uh, Some dude named Van. Van says... uh, Doug always thinks people should face the steepest repercussions, even though he didn't have to for his mistakes. Makes no mistake. It makes no sense. I don't know, Van. I kind of think that um, using credit cards for $900 of shoes and clothes and the fact that you still bring it up. Mm, 1996. How many years ago was that? Is that 26 years ago? My math's bad. 
Jay Stu, how long how, how long ago was nineteen ninety six? Twenty six, yep. Twenty twenty six years ago, uh, losing a scholarship to one of the most incredible universities on earth, um, having a year suspended sentence, going through counseling, paying lawyer bills. Also, when you steal, you have to pay. Um, you have to reimburse them, but it's like two and a half times what you actually took, right? So you do the math. That's you know in the twenty five hundred dollars or so. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And the first part of that tweet isn't even true. I mean, in the time I've been here, six months, yeah, there have been times when you've reacted kind of short, like a conservative assessment, and the actual sentence was, uh, you know, was worse. So I, the first part's not even right. It's, it's so, a stupid tweet. So th- this is this is what I think people should know about me. If you really, really want to get down to the heart of it, okay. So first, with this thing, Calvin Ridley found to be gambling, bet fifteen hundred bu- bucks on football, three different parlays. Right. Um, And the point I'm making is just the reality of where we are in our business, where the NFL is in their business. Like the NFL is set to open um, basically sports books in their stadiums. Like people do understand this, right? Like the NFL is opening sports books. There's a partnership between sports gambling and the National Football League. And it is going to, it's going to provide for my family and your family, buyer, and your family, Jay Stu, and your family, Ramos. It is. And for the NFL, it's the same thing. Like, this is the lifeblood of, of the popularity of the National Football League. And so the rule, it's a pretty simple one. Can't bet on your sport. Now, you can say, like, what I'm saying is, is overly harsh, and I'll admit that's incredibly harsh, but it has to be. It has to be. Because if you set the precedent anything less than essentially a lifetime ban, then there's always going to be a, well, he got a, yeah. no, this is the first one in modern football. I'm like Arch Schleister, of course. And I mean, Ridley, you should stop tweeting. Don't tweet. I only bet $1,500. Like, I don't have a gambling problem. Just that one does not help you. It actually hurts your cause in every way. But but the way in which I I approach all of these stories is almost like I have like Asperger's, right? Where you don't have the normal level of empathy because I'm just I'm telling you, like, no one is going to be empathetic in the NFL offices and. All of those sports books, it is incredibly important for the integrity of the sport, integrity of the sport, to make sure things are on the up and up and appear such. And you got to come down. Like, look, we all know they don't mess around in Vegas. I mean, here's the greatest example. Counting cards is not actually illegal. Right? That's what uh, Dennis uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman's character was doing in Rain Man. De- definitely Wapner, definitely Wapner, Wapner. Right? It's going to be an ace. I mean, he was he was counting cards. Counting cards is not illegal, but they can kick you out of the casino for it, and sometimes even worse for card for card counters, card counters. And this is something that is illegal. 
I just, it has nothing to do with me or anything else. I'm telling you, this is a big one. This is, this is the, the test case for the NFL in 2022 and beyond when sports gambling is going to happen legally in stadiums. You can't have players gambling on football. They all know it. They all know absolutely positively you run the risk of losing your career. Stug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so let me read you this tweet from our next guest, uh, who uh, he's the he's a senior NFL uh, reporter for Yahoo Sports. His name is Charles Robinson. Um, Charles, you just tweeted, so the NFL can now turn all its investigative resources to that lawsuit allegation. The Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019. Same Calvin Ridley energy, right? Because you're talking about integrity of the sport. Um, I'll get to that in a second. First, your reaction to the Calvin Ridley news. Literally, so uh, Sunday night, I stick around the combine. Everybody, you know, everybody's leaving. Um, everybody gets out of Dodge, and I ended up, you know, spend some time Sunday night with a longtime uh, NFL executive, and we're, you know, we're going all overall kinds of stuff, kind of laughing. Both been around for a while, and uh, he says, "Look, man, nothing is crazier in, in his lifetime as an executive than the about face." the NFL had done with gambling. He said, I, he was like, there was a time you couldn't even say the word gambling. He was like, it was so taboo in the league. And yeah. I literally, I, I said to him in that conversation, I said, how long between, you know, how, how long before there's an, you know, like, like an arch Schlichter moment, like when are we going to have like in, an instance where, um, you know, a player gets involved in, you know, with gambling in the NFL and, and, I, I just texted him when I saw this. I, I saw the release. I hadn't heard about it. It was interesting because I had had people kind of asking me, what's going on with Calvin Ridley and the Falcons? Clearly, there were teams that were interested in dealing for him. And it was sort of this big mystery why the, the Falcons just completely refused to engage. Well, now we know why. I see the, I saw the release, and he just texted this executive, just texted me, you know, NFL made this bed, dot, dot, dot. Like, it's – this is – the reaction, like this, is this is the what you you are now grappling with, um, the full embrace of the NFL with with you know gambling and the revenues that that will bring, um, also opens up the microscope of impropriety on Calvin Ridley, Stephen Ross, um, you know the you can you can look at the Apple, um, you can you know <laughs> enjoy staring at the Apple, just don't ever bite the Apple. That is uh, gambling in a nutshell for the NFL, and I, I hardly believe this will be the last time we talk about this. I, I agree, which is why I think the punishment's going to be extra harsh. I just do. I, I don't see why. Oh, I, no question. Yeah. So, do you yeah. think he plays in the NFL again? I mean, you bet on Falcons games. I mean, I don't, if, if it's par, it doesn't matter if it's a parlay or not. Um, you know, the idea was that. You know, he bet on on a. You know, he he was on in this team's organization. Now, granted, again, he was he was set to the side. You know, um, he, he wasn't on an active roster at the time. Um, but I mean, P. Rose got banned for life for betting on Reds games, right? Wasn't that the you know? Is, is that not the sports standard that if you bet, um, that's one thing. If you bet on your team's games, that's another. And whether you're active or not, I I'm incredulous over this idea that. And again, I, I have no inside knowledge here, but you know this thought process that he has no, you know, there's no inside knowledge. There's no like he got no information from anybody whatsoever. Um, I mean, 
he's he's inside the organization. Like he's on he's on the organization. I mean, just I, it would be me like me betting on something that's going on with Yahoo, but then later being like, well, I wasn't in the office. You know, like I, it's just I don't know. It's there's a lot to be found out here, obviously, but. Um, I think it's interesting just how buttoned up this the NFL is alleging this is at this point. That hey, it was it was just they're painting it as sort of this one off. They said five days and um, didn't talk to anybody, didn't get information from anybody. Nobody knew about it. It was just like it's just this um, you know lone person out on this island doing this thing, and and they're trying to isolate the league from it as as much as possible. And then remember, as I bring up the Stephen Ross thing because. Brian Flores comes out in an, in a lawsuit and says, "Hey, owner offered me hundred grand, you know, for every loss I, I I racked up in 2019." And within hours, the league's lawyers are saying, "No merit, no merit, like open and shut, no no question, no merit." And I don't know. It's, it feels like the NFL knowing that it's it's walking this line, and and so it immediately sends everybody into action to firewall as soon as possible. Stuck Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, look, I. I mean, look, I, I understand I understand that even if, you know, he's Lee Harvey Oswald and he acted alone and he just, you know, on a goof, a three, a five, an 18 parlay, like, you have to set a precedent here. You just do. And like you said, there has been an about face. Look, in sports radio, we always talked about picks, but like, it's the lifeblood of what everybody's doing. The reason the NFL yeah. went in the mid-90s, and you know you've covered this thing for 20 years and Yahoo Sports, and of course, download his podcast, his senior uh, NFL reporter for uh, Yahoo Sports. The, the change in the NFL to going from a sport which teams moved out of L.A., right? They, they struggled financially in the early 90s to far and away the most powerful entity in all of American sports is first fantasy football and then the proliferation of gambling and legalized sports gambling. Am, am, I, am I wrong with any of that? No, and I, I mean, it's all um, the roots of all of this, by the way, are they go back to, and I hope I get the year right here. It's like, I think it was like 2011, some, somewhere around there. Roger Goodell sets down that baseline of we're going to be a $25 billion a year uh, corporation. That's going to be our revenue, $25 billion a year. Massive number, right? And so the thought was, how do we get there? Like, this can't just be all through TV, right? Like, the, like granted, the TV deals are going to get bigger and bigger, but that's not going to carry us to... $25 billion, and even with stadium revenues and ticket revenues and all these different things, we have to find something else to continue to propel us. It was gambling. Like, it was the gambling revenue. It was it was the promise that um, the embrace of gambling would draw in more viewers, make the television contracts richer, and then open up all these ancillary forms of revenue to pour into, into franchises and then impact that bottom line. I mean, you know, you reach for a $25 billion number, you have to push it, you know, to get there. And you're only you're 32 ownership groups, you know, 31, into, you know, 31 owners, uh, aside from the Packers, who all became billionaires doing what? You know, for the, for the most part, either they inherited the wealth, but they may have inherited it from someone um, who did what? Push the boundaries, you know, in business, in, you know, real estate and whatever it was to earn the billions of dollars. So it it doesn't, you know, surprise me at all that once the NFL embraced gambling, um, that it's it's gone as far as it as as quickly as it has. Charles Robinson joining us from Yahoo Sports, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's uh, let let's get to the what we're waiting on, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, on yeah. one hand, 
We're hearing they're going to move mountains and pay him whatever he wants. He says all these nice things about him at the Pro Football Awards. He officiates David Bakhtiari's wedding over the weekend. Like, he's staying. He's sta- but on the other hand, he's still vacillating. And if you're staying, why not say you're staying? Why go through all of this? What are you thinking about the Aaron Rodgers situation as of now? I didn't believe. So going into the combine, I was like, there's no way that that the, this is as buttoned up as everybody's making it. You know, somebody knows. There's a plan. There's something going on right now. And then, I, you know, I made all the rounds during the course of the week. And what became clear to me is, A, I really do believe it's Broncos versus Packers. Like, I know the Titans have been brought into this. I know the Steelers have been brought into this. I, I, you know, either of those would be, a, honestly, a stunning secret at this point. But as far as the Broncos versus the Packers, I can tell you those two organizations, no clue. Like, they have no idea what he's going to do. And they both have opposite sides of the same sort of vantage on this. And, you know, Packers are saying, if you wanted to be here, you could have said it by now. You know, we've, we've talked about money. We've talked about, you know, keeping Devontae Adams. talked about all these different things. And meanwhile, the Broncos are sitting there going, like, if he wants to be traded, all he's got to do is say he wants to be traded and, and we're going to go to work. Like, you know, that's all that's got to happen here. And he hasn't done that. So neither neither franchise really has any clarity in terms of what exactly Aaron Rodgers wants or what he's doing. I think there is a sneaking suspicion, though, um, when you get into, like, the Packers. Everyone's talked about the, the Tuesday uh, franchise deadline with Devontae Adams because that's a big key piece for Aaron Rodgers there. And so, you know, I think my approach to it was, well, maybe Rodgers is waiting, sitting here waiting to see if he can get um, – you know, get the Packers to bite on the, the franchise tag with Adams before he commits to them. I I mean, you know, Adams has got to sign a long-term deal, and he doesn't want to play on a tag. And so, you know, I think there could be an element here. What's dragging this out is sort of how are the Packers going to end up doing that long-term deal with Devontae Adams? Like, can Adams get that deal in the books first? And then, you know, and at that point, Rodgers goes, hey, I didn't stop my guy, my buddy, from getting his payday. So you think he comes back? I just don't I, – yeah, I mean, look, if he doesn't – you know, Tom Clements – Tom Clements wasn't – he goes to work for a head coach that had no ties to him, you know, and, you know, so Tom Clements now is the quarterback's coach there, the guy he's got ties to, the person who matters most in that franchise, him to Aaron Rodgers. He went back for what? To, to not coach Aaron Rodgers, really? When he could have just retired? You know, stayed retired? I mean, like, it just – it makes it makes no sense uh, for Clements to be there. It makes no sense for them to – say that, hey, we're going to tag Devontae Adams, we'll figure out the long-term contract before July um, and get everything done. So, I, yeah, I, I just don't know. Something's got to change here, and it's really weird that we're to this point and everybody agrees on that. The teams agree on it. And I think anybody who says at this point, I know one way or another, um, unless it's Rodgers, maybe Shailene Woodley, um, I don't know anybody really knows other than Aaron Rodgers at this stage. What about Deshaun Watson? It's all it's all April. Like it, I mean, they said no. His legal camp said an open court. We are expecting a resolution to the criminal end of this, the grand jury uh, indictment. Whether or not that's going to happen, we are expecting that uh, by April first. And so that's what teams are operating with. When you talk to any teams that are still interested. They're all sort of like, okay, we're in a holding pattern. We need to find out is is he going to be indicted on a on a criminal, you know, like a felony charge, and if he's not going to be indicted. So if that comes down, the grand jury says we're not indicting him on a felony, um, you know, and we're moving forward. 
then at that point, teams, Deshaun Watson can then say to the league, okay, uh, I want to sit for my interview with you. I want to hash out wh- where you stand on a potential suspension for me. And and then, you know, teams will know, is he going to be suspended or not? And they can start to operate from that standpoint while also grappling with how many of these civil suits are going to see the inside of a courtroom. So key date, uh, first week of April. That's what everybody expects, some element of resolution from the grand jury. That's the first hurdle. Um, okay. And then Russell Wilson. Any chance he puts his feet down and says, I want out? He's going to have to. If he wants out, he's going to have to do that. Um, I had a chance to meet with some of Seattle, and it was interesting to me. He just said, what does he want? He's like, do you, he's like, do you know Do you know what he wants? Like, what does Russell want? And I, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And, um, you know, he basically said that there's no uh, – the team is not inclined to take trade offers for him. They're not inclined to shop him. And that if Russ wants out, he's going to have to be an active participant um, in his own liberation. He's going to have to come out and say, I want out. I want to be traded. Here's who I want to be traded to. Let's, let's start working on it. And up until now, Russell Wilson has not done that. But the, this passive-aggressive stuff, the social media, you know, whatever, removing things from your social media accounts or, you know, having your agent float out um, places where it would be nice for you to play, things like that, that's not going to work. That's not moving the needle in Seattle. He's going to have to. Like you said, he's going to put his foot down. Kyler going to get a new deal? You know, that – it's interesting. I mean, I, I – so the two sides are approaching it. One, from the standpoint of Kyler and his camp are looking at Baker Mayfield and saying, look what happened there. Like, he went to year four, um, did not mitigate risk and do a deal and get it done, didn't press the team to get the deal done going into year four. He got injured, completely changed the trajectory – of his career, uh, his extension, all these different things. Kyler has not been healthy. You know, he's gone through a couple of seasons, not finished healthy. And I think they know that risk is still there. So there's an element of trying to mitigate risk by pushing the Cardinals now. I would say no, um, unless it's a lesser deal than what, you know, Murray, Murray wants to be paid in the 40, you know, 40 million range. Like he wants to be one of those quarterbacks. And I think the Cardinals would like another year of date on it. I think they would like a healthy year to, to sit and then go, okay, we feel good about this. Let's do the whopper. The the weird one is Lamar, right? And, yeah. I mean, where I, the Ravens want to get a deal done, but Lamar doesn't seem to want to pick up the phone. And I'm sure he just wants the most money anybody's ever gotten because he's been an MVP and he's still still young enough to be in his prime, but he's not coming off a great year. And yeah. you have to be willing to, and he's the type of quarterback that traditionally has gotten worn down, gotten hurt. How come no discussions? How come no meetings on this? I hate to go the traditional route in explaining this, but I just think it's not. I, you know, I know people say, oh, you're just, you're taking up, you know, the whole institutional side of it. But I, that's the reason why you have an agent. Like, it's just true. It is. I know nobody wants to pay 3%, 2%, whatever the deal is, 1% that you do of the mega deal, but there's a reason why you go play and then you have your agent out there figuring out what's the best deal on the table. Um, what's the leverage? Uh, what could this look like if, you know, you take it the full five years and then force them into a situation where it's a franchise tag, all these different things. And look, I know Lamar Jackson has people advising him. Um, but I think there's a difference between someone advising you and someone who, when they know they're working a, mega, you know, a mega quarterback contract, uh, potentially the biggest, richest deal in NFL history type of situation. 
they end up working on that deal. I mean, if not 365 days, 364. Okay, yep. <laughs> it's yep. always on their mind. Yep, you got so. you got got to hire a professional to do to do that, and he he got to have somebody else who can filter some of the information coming away. Charles, you're the best. Please download his podcast, follow his work at Yahoo Sports. Charles Robinson, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, thanks for having me, Jeff. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So the, the, the way this works, people ask all the time, how do you come up with what you want to talk about? And well, we meet and we read and talk to people. And the great thing about this particular time of day, one o'clock on the West, four o'clock on the East, is that stories change um, or they come out and we get a chance to be the first reactor to them. Or we preview games tonight, for example. Uh, we'll get to something that happened Saturday night with LeBron James scoring 56 in a moment. Reminder, check out the latest lines from World of Sports, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President of Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Buyer, after I, I – you said you do think he'd be back. He's a fairly young man, right? Um, after I gave my kind of soliloquy on why I – don't think so. Did, did that change your stance in any way? Just as a, as a deterrent, because gambling has become such a big part of professional sports. Um, no, it didn't. I uh, just because, as I said, I just I feel that we end up moving past this. Um, he can apply for reinstatement as soon as uh, February of next year um, and maybe get in. I just don't see him constantly re- applying for reinstatement if everything goes well and him being denied. Now, as we say this, Calvin Ridley two minutes ago took to Twitter and said, this is from Calvin Ridley, quote, I bet 1500 total I don't have a gambling problem. That from the now suspended Falcons wide receiver. Um, that's the latest from uh, Calvin Ridley. But I don't, I don't think that uh, that tweet helps. But by February fifteenth of twenty twenty three, um, a lot can happen between now and then. But I do think that we will see him back in the NFL. It's uh, uh, James tweets the show, and I, I again, I I have the NFL Network on the background. I can't hear it. Because I have my headphones on, but just on the NFL Network, one of the bets in his parlay involved the Falcons. Um, none, none of that's good. Even betting on your own team, there's no like the betting on your own team. Or I don't have a gambling problem. Even that makes it even worse. <laughs> like that makes it worse. I don't have, like if you have a gambling problem, you should go like, hey, listen, I'm I'm addicted to gambling. I just I I I wanted to not do it, but I couldn't stop myself from doing it. I need to get some help. Like. Uh, okay, uh, totally understood. You say I, you know, I get the sense, Doug, and I. This is just you know pure amateur investigation, but late November, five day period, really seems like it was a Thanksgiving sort of deal, where you know what? Hey, let's let's bet on these games. And the Falcons didn't play on Thanksgiving. Uh, they did play the Jaguars uh, that weekend. Uh, I believe in Jacksonville and won twenty-one to fourteen. Um, so maybe bet on the Falcons to win that game, but it sure seems to me that it was a Thanksgiving weekend. Hey, maybe let's throw some, you know, money on these Thanksgiving Day games, and it carried over into Sunday and Monday. 
Not great. I can't believe he's. I bet fifteen hundred dollars total. I don't have a gambling problem. If he did, he should call one eight hundred Gambler. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's not great. That's really tone deaf. I mean, it, it almost yes. implies like he thinks the suspension is because the NFL cares about his addiction or something. This is this is a a much broader <laughs> no, he, issue. I, I think he thinks that the reason he would be kept out of the league is he's a gambling addict and he'd do it again. Hey, man, I did this. I learned my lesson. I won't do it again. I lose a year. I lose a salary. That's fair. And and all of that and, and what Dan is saying, Dan Byer is saying, I actually normally would, most things, I would, most of them, I would agree with, right? If, if there's not an integrity of the game issue, whatever, he just better, okay, whatever. The problem is that this, the entire industry, of the NFL is dependent upon sports gambling and the games being viewed on the up and up. And you are told from the time you get to college, I guarantee every year he was at Alabama, the FBI came in and, and explained to them unequivocally why you will not, you cannot bet on an NFL game. Even if you're at Alabama, it it hasn't, these are not rules that are hard to follow, and these are not rules that you don't know. And the reason for those rules is also the reason that the punishment will be extra, extra, extra harsh and extra severe. Yeah, I don't think he plays in the NFL ever again. I, I, I stand by that one. So, yikes. Yikes. Mark it down. 2033, we will revisit on who is right or who is wrong. 2023. Yeah, it's, yeah tw- uh, no, 2033, because he can reply or apply year after year if they deny him, kind of like a you know Pete Rose sort of thing. And there's no guarantee that he'll be back in 2023, yeah. but the NFL does allow him to apply for reinstatement next year. Now, Commissioner Goodell could say no, but then he'd likely have to go through the process again the next year and again the next year so it would just be constant you know constant parole hearings essentially every year that he would be turned down that's that's what it would be for Calvin Ridley if they really wanted to make a stand they should have bet, uh, suspended him for five years and then say come again in 2028 uh, somebody on Twitter Bruh, 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 916. What's worse, Calvin Ridley betting on NFL games and being suspended for a year, or the fact that he was suspended longer than Greg Hardy and Ray Rice after they uh, both beat their girlfriends? There you go. There's the uh, the, the, the classic the sports argument. Collect. Correct. Complete non sequitur. That's what that is. That's, that's the classic, well, hey, hey, Ray Rice. By the way, Ray Rice, whatever he was suspended, he never played football again. Greg Hardy did. How'd that work out? By the way, didn't Greg Hardy get knocked out last weekend? He did. And yeah. Hold on. Let's let's feel bad. No, let's not. <laughs> the worst. Uh, I, I just. I do think that the 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 the, uh, I think the lazy argument though will play out over the next twenty four hours of like how could the NFL do this? They're being hypocrites. They're taking billions of dollars from the uh, you know uh, gambling companies and Andrew Brandt. Andrew Brandt just Andrew Brandt just tweeted out. I get it. We can't have players betting on games, especially their own. But the moral high ground suffers a bit when employers are embracing it and monetize monetizing its legality. No, it's not. 
I disagree, Andrew. It's not hypocritical. Like, look, your salary, Calvin Ridley was going to make $11 million last year. One of the arguments that the Players Association and many have made for the, the way to shield guys it doesn't really shield you, but the way to shield guys from ever having to have a conversation about throwing football games or baseball games or basketball games is, you know, they make so much money that it's not like in college where twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars that that's life changers. It's not a life changer if you have the, or the potential of losing your career and you're making eleven million dollars. So I don't think it's hypocritical. I don't. You're biting the hand that feeds you. That's what you're doing. Do not bite. That's like a rule number one, right? Don't bite the hand that feeds you. That is like, uh, that's very primal. That's a dog analogy. And it's true. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. And you may, like it's television and gambling. And the fans. It's the same reason that I was, you know, that that I, I thought, um all the discussion about the fans in LA was so off. It's like, look, you don't have to fans. Fans behavior is not always, or maybe even often what it should be, but you cannot bite that hand. You just can't. That's what pays your salary. And I, I, you you can't gamble on sports, that non sequitur that people are going to make. Hey, what about Ray Rice? Hey, what about Leonard Little? Hey, what about you, you, you pick said crime. All that's great, okay? And obviously the suspensions of others for their, for what they've done to other human beings should be longer. But man, I don't know how you, how you put that guy in the NFL, back in the NFL, whatever he bet on in football, because then now you're setting a precedent. Setting a precedent. Um, Saturday night, LeBron James went for 56 points. Did you guys, did you guys watch? Like it was weird. It was a weird day where... Everybody was waiting on the Duke game. I want to talk about Coach K's final home game upcoming. But, you know, we're waiting on Carolina Duke and Kansas and Texas go to overtime. So that took away from the pregame for Kansas and, excuse me, for Duke and, and North Carolina. Then North Carolina and North Carolina go final, and there's a ceremony. But over on ABC, it's the Lakers taking on the Golden State Warriors, and LeBron James ended up with 56 points and a win. Here's something that LeBron said on his most recent episode of The Shop. To sit at the top of the food chain and the most points scored in, in the history of the game is like it's weird to me. Like they don't never they don't call they don't ever call me they don't ever call me when they talk about the the best scores of all time they never mention my name. Did that piss you off? Yeah, it pissed me off. Pisses him off. Um, but I I I think it's fair. He like that's maybe even more impressive. See, I think he's looking at it all wrong. You know, that, that's like if. If LeBron, I don't believe LeBron James has ever taken a performance enhancing drug in his life. And if people want to say, hey, LeBron's on something and I don't, he's not like to me, that's actually one of the nicest things you can say about somebody that their physique, their athleticism is so insane at 37 years old. They must be on something. You're not, you're, you're super clean, right? The same is true for scoring. If he ends up as the 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 game's all-time scoring king, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Considering the fact he's not known as a scorer, it makes it even better. I wasn't even trying to score all the time, and I scored more points than anybody who ever played in the uh, NBA. 
So here's a good tweet. Dave Foster says, uh, seems like he actually bet $11 million. He simply didn't realize it at the time. It's a good call. <laughs> that, that, uh, those aren't great odds, right, Doug? Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's not the odds. I mean, it, it, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a bet. The bet, a $1,500 bet that actually cost you $11 million did not exactly pay off. <laughs> there is no winning that bet. No winning that bet. Doug, the uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted uh, that they they were parlays of three, five, and eight games uh, that uh, were included in those parlays, including some of the Falcons games, and that the investigation found that the bets were placed via his uh, phone. phone. Yeah, yeah, out of state. So did he? He probably violated some sort of state lo- gambling law as well using his phone to bet out of state again like you're like what's the big deal they'll they'll capone you now right like al capone went to jail for tax evasion he didn't go to jail for being a mobster calvin ridley goes to jail it's not going to be for betting on games it's gonna be for betting on games out of state and again they'll they'll do that you know they'll do that to people to make a point plexico burris went to jail for 18 months plexico burris had a gun in his sweatpants, mistakenly fired it. It hit him in the leg. He went to jail for 18 months. Why? Because New York State was trying to make an um, example out of him. We don't, want un, we don't want unregistered firearms. And even registered firearms you can't bring into a club, let alone, you know, concealed. When we don't want unregistered or, or uh, you know, unregistered within the state firearms. And he went to jail for it. So I, yeah, that's not good. Out of state with your cell phone, not good.